Hello. I've been away from the podcast for a couple of weeks. I've been incubating some things, planning, doing some of the background work and inner work necessary for some transition. One of the not really transitions, but offerings that uh, I want to let you know about is that I'm going to be taking the podcast to YouTube. We'll be starting a YouTube channel uh, that's launching in June. So I've been learning and practicing and working on lighting and trying to understand the back end of how YouTube works, which is kind of breaking my brain. But it feels good to be trying something new and really expanding both my personal skill set and what I'm offering to the entrepreneurs and high performers of the world who are trying to think about how to be more grounded and healthy in their lives as they push themselves to be excellent and to achieve the things that they are after. The second thing that's been incubating is a little bit more personal, but one might argue a little bit more important, and that is that um, my husband Rob and I are preparing to launch our first kiddo. We have our oldest son graduating from high school this May, and so there's lots to prepare and celebrate, lots of recitals and final projects, and I don't know, it's just a very, very busy season of parenting. And then it's a very deep season of parenting in terms of helping him prepare for this transition, helping all of us prepare to take a new shape in our family. So today on the podcast, I'm going to talk a little bit about transitions and the importance of thoughtful transitions in our adult lives as they relate both to our personal well-being and our businesses. Welcome to the Zen Founder Podcast. This is a place where we have conversations about mental health and entrepreneurship. We have a pretty broad conceptualization of what mental health means, sometimes depression, anxiety, sometimes relationships or physical health. The goal here is to bring some calm into the crazy roller coaster of ups and downs that is life for many entrepreneurs. I'm your host, I'm Dr. Sherry Walling. I'm a clinical psychologist and an entrepreneur, married to an entrepreneur, live in the world of entrepreneurs, and I'm so pleased that you have joined us for this conversation. The first 25 years of our lives are marked by these clear stages or transitions that we move through. It starts when we're babies. We move from really kind of an amorphous but cute blob to suddenly being able to do all of these things. We move from infant to baby to toddler once we can walk and move around to preschooler once we start getting really curious about how the world works. And then of course to kindergartner and then elementary school student, learning all of these benchmarks and having all of these changes in our bodies, being able to read, being able to do increasingly complicated math, being able to do increasingly complex cognitive skills in our minds, you know, solving word problems and such. Our bodies transition and change in ways that are observable to the world. We get taller. We can handle the size of our head better as our body balances out. And all of this rapid growth and change is scaffolded or supported by the culture and community around us. There are these transitions or life passages that happen. We move from elementary school to middle school. Then maybe we have eighth grade graduation. We move from junior varsity to varsity, high school graduation, beginning as an undergraduate, college graduation, going on to graduate school or whatever is next for us. But every four years or so, 
I think these cultural supports, these parties or these ceremonies are so important in helping reinforce for an emerging human that they are in fact growing and changing over time. Graduation parties and things are sort of like the the family and the surrounding community celebrating and saying, you're doing good, keep going. There are two thoughts that I have that I want to talk about today. One is the importance of understanding that ongoing development and transition into our adulthood. It doesn't stop when we become adults, although most of the developmental psychology books really focus on the first 20 years of life. There's much more development that continues within us, but it is mostly without rites of passage. It's mostly without external community celebrations that help us to mark those occasions. The other piece of this that I want to talk a little bit about is what happens when development doesn't follow that particular average together trajectory. This is a little bit of the experience that we're walking through now with our son who is graduating from high school at age 16 and getting ready to move on to college. And uh, it's been a bit of a wild ride to educate that child, mostly because he has not been someone who has followed all of the developmental milestones in a specific given order in the average time of his peers. And the more entrepreneurs that I talk with about their own experiences of parenting, the more that I realize that this is not so extraordinary. This is something that's happening to a lot of kiddos, especially who have parents who are somewhat neurologically unique. These are not people who have stayed within the guardrails or the sort of neatly drawn out pathways. So when you have parents who have something inside of them that is, "Mm, I want to do things a little bit different, or "Mm, this particular plan or path just doesn't work. I got to do something else. Those people get together, they make a little baby, and you can often identify the same traits in that kiddo. And it's a beautiful mixture of environment and heredity that shapes the likelihood that children of entrepreneurs are going to be a little bit divergent from the typical path. So in the case of our son, we knew something was atypical or a little bit off of the average really early on in his life. He was super slow to walk. Like we were really kind of worried, like, why why aren't you getting up and moving? But he's, he began to talk very early and learn to read by the time he was three or four not because we were drilling him with flashcards or trying to teach him. We just read to him and he wanted to do it himself and so sort of figured it out uh, at such a rapid pace that by six, he was reading The Hobbit and not an adapted version like the big one. He could barely carry the book around. This kind of intellectual aptitude or just capacity to learn complicated things quickly uh, is certainly a hallmark of my dear husband, Rob, but it is also often accompanied by relative weaknesses in other areas. So for our kiddo, he has this big, amazing like Ferrari of a brain and his social, emotional, and some of his sort of gross motor or physical skills are a little bit harder for him to work through. They come less naturally. They're maybe behind what some of his age peers are able to do. So this in the psychological world is called asynchronous development. And when it happens as forcefully as it happened for our son, it often means that the typical educational paths don't work very well. 
So you have a six-year-old who can read The Hobbit, but doesn't have the social or emotional regulation to keep himself still and contained when the rest of the kids in the class are reading, Jane saw Spot, Spot is a dog. I'm not sure I have the emotion regulation skills to sit still for that story when I want to be reading Tolkien. So that has meant that our kiddo has really never been able to go to a typical school. He went to Spanish immersion kindergarten and then went to first grade for uh, like six weeks and then so struggled to just regulate himself when he was really bored and... I think probably very overstimulated by what was happening in the classroom. So off he went to homeschool and we homeschooled him for a couple years. And then he went to third grade, but he was so far advanced at that point that his school moved him to fifth grade. So then he was nine, eventually in a sixth grade class, which is a really big developmental difference for kids that are early puberty. And then you still got this like really little elementary school kid in there. So we switched schools and then we moved him back to fifth grade so he could be with his age peers. And then that didn't work super well. So then we tried a private school for kiddos with neurological sort of uniquenesses or differences. Hated that school, went back to homeschooling connected with a friend who ran a charter high school. We tried that for a year and a half. COVID happened. So essentially he and everybody else went back to homeschool. Finally landed at a different charter high school for kids on the autism spectrum, where the high school has a program for really intellectually achieving or high intellectual aptitude kids. So we spent half of the day at this high school charter school, and then half of the day in junior college classes that he took remotely. And that's what he's been doing for the past two years until time for graduation. So some days I feel like it was an absolute show because it's been so much bouncing around, so much trying something, it didn't work. And I think the magical, like elusive challenge as a parent is trying to figure out when to push through or help your kid adjust to something that's difficult to them and when to pull the plug and try something else because the thing that you're doing just isn't working and it's causing damage to your kid. So we had many, many sleepless nights around that particular conversation. Do we stay? Do we try something else? The highest ethic in all of this has been our son's protection. And realizing that there are lots of threats to a developing kiddo who just doesn't swim like the other fish, who just doesn't do things or think the way that other people think. So you can give it any kind of label you want. You can give it giftedness. You can give it, in this case, high-functioning autism. The labels kind of all mesh together for me right now. The bottom line is that you have a, a human who isn't able to sit in the cubicle and do all of the things that the other cubicle kids are doing. And then once you get off of the beaten path and you can move at the pace that someone's mind can move and you kind of exacerbate the problem because he gets so far ahead. So as I mentioned, the highest ethic was his protection. The need for us to build around him a wall of encouragement and accountability and reinforcing that who he is and how he thinks and what he's curious about and the pace that he can work and what his relative weaknesses are, that all of that is okay. And that there is a place for him in our family, in the world around him, in our community, even though it often felt like there was no place for him in the classroom. 
And so here we are on the precipice of yet another transition, except this time it's a little bit more difficult for us to stand in protection. One, because he's a young man now. And two, because he is going to try to go to a residential college, which means he's moving out. So I am equal parts excited and thrilled for him and terrified that I can't stand century anymore, that his search for belonging, for friendship, for intellectual mentors, for teachers, for friends, for helpers, that that falls largely to him. And all I can do is trust and hope that all the things that we've tried and done, all of the teachers and friends and friends' parents that have been part of his existence up until this point, that that is all enough. I reflect on this whirlwind of being his mama as a child and all the things that I didn't know and, and couldn't have known. So we just had to try and iterate and try again. It's so much like all the rest of life, especially the life of an entrepreneur, people who are not following a script, but are writing it as they go. There's so much courage in it. I see that courage in him. I see it in us as we have been willing to take risks and try things. And I see it in so many of you, in your willingness to say, I want to do my life in my way. So we send him off with a party and a lot of prayer. And I think the other thing that I'm noticing or that I wanted to talk about on the pod today is the transitions that that then means for the rest of us, that my life as a mother is now very different. I still, of course, have a junior hire at home. So the intensity of mothering is definitely not over. But the shift from young children to older children, the shift from early career to mid or late career, even the shift to having only one child in the home, all of those things shape my life, my energy, and my growth, the things that I am being asked to learn, the ways that I'm maturing. So it's been really important to me this spring to take enough space for this transition, to be super present with our kiddo, but also to be super present to myself and recognizing the grief that is involved with the shift, the change, the losses that happen when a child leaves the home. And then, of course, the celebration of having brought him to this point in a pretty difficult way. This time is not like the time before, and that is the marker of the transition. It's changed shape. I've changed shape. So functionally, that has looked like a lighter schedule. That's why I've been away from the podcast. I've been doing more journaling and walking. I think transitions are also important to mark with ceremony or with practices. So we're having a graduation party for our son, but part of that party is also for Rob and I of celebrating the work that's happened in getting him through to this point. I'm also marking the transition with some external things, having a piece of jewelry made with his birthstone in it that is sort of the, the celebration of bringing him through to this point. I think there's real danger and just waste in not honoring transitions, in not taking the steps to let it soak in, in not considering the big questions, oh, wow, how is our family going to feel when for the next six years there's three people living here instead of four? How does our dynamic change? 
And how do I parent a college kid? What does he need from me? How do I show up for him? What's the best way to stay in touch and help support him without overstepping, but without feeling like there's abandonment? Those questions need some thought and they need some space. And I don't think that we can do transitions well without acknowledging them and then giving them a place in our calendar. So maybe you are in the midst of a transition too. Maybe it's something in your business or something in your family. Maybe you have a kiddo starting kindergarten or like me, one finishing traditional schooling. Maybe you have a team member in your business that's leaving or you're in the midst of being acquired by a larger company and things are changing. So my best advice in any of those scenarios is first and foremost, give it space. Give yourself extra time to think, to be, to sit, to write, to journal, to walk. And number two is give it ceremony. Have a party, have the going away party. Get the tattoo with the company logo. Have the piece of jewelry made. Do something that marks the occasion. It's best if you can do that with your community and then maybe also something for yourself that's a little bit more personal to mark the transition. So space and ceremony are so helpful and supportive of these transitions. I am amazed at how life continues to shift and change and how I continue to grow and shift and change. I got to be honest, sometimes I'm like, can I just slow it all down? I'd like to get off this ride. It's a little too wild. But I find that I am more able to roll with the highs and the lows with all of the shifts and change when I have my eyes wide open and I have time to really recognize and be present to all of it. Thanks so much for listening. Thanks for listening. We'll be back in two weeks with a new episode of the podcast. In the meantime, feel free to check out zenfounder.com for lots of resources about the kinds of conversations that we have on the podcast. You can get information about working with me, about maybe joining a Zen tribe. It's sort of like a mental health boot camp for entrepreneurs. We also have lots of content on our blog, links to resources in our courses and books for sale. So check us out there and we hope to provide anything and everything that you might need to make the entrepreneurial life a little bit easier.